I solemnly swear that I will tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me God. Morning, everybody. Ronnie from the Truth About Addiction. Welcome to another podcast. Uh, today we've got a, a young chap that I'm really interested to hear his story. I know it only what I've read. The same as what most of you people have done, and I always say, don't believe nothing what you're reading, half of what you see. You know. So anyway, <laughs> Joel Papa, Joel's from Victoria, Sunbury. Good rock festival there in the 70s. I'm an old bastard. I remember that well. <laughs> Actually, when Sunbury was on, I was at Marnsby Youth Training Centre. Yeah, I've been there. I started my, that's where I started my prison sentence. Oh, I started in Petridge and I went to Marsbury because I was a kid. All right, Joel, welcome yeah. to Truth About Addiction, mate. Welcome, mate. How are you, Ron? Good yeah, to meet you. Man. Thanks for having me on here. So where do I start? Um all started at the age of, I think I was seven or eight. Me and my best mate were mucking around with a tractor. We pulled the dipstick out and learned how to start them from that day on. And um, then my brother, I was, I was being an asshole to my brother and he went to me dad and told me dad's so my old man dragged us both down the cop shop and we're both crying sitting, <laughs> sitting there. We weren't allowed to hang around each other for two weeks. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and after that two weeks was up, we'll back to, you know, Back to square one, getting up to no good. Yeah. So how I got into drugs, Ron, and crime was, I think I was about 12 or 13. Um, my my family, well, like my, I come from a really good family. So when my mum and dad split up at the eight, when I was 12 or 13, my brother and my sister went their own way. I'm the youngest of three. Started hanging around older people. Um, back then when I started using drugs, it was marijuana and speed. Then at the age of 14, I started, got try introduced to ice and I started doing crime and stuff like that. I went to the kids detention, uh, prison in Parkville in Melbourne. The old Toronto youth so training centre. I went there, I think it was the age of 14 or 15 for stealing cars, um, Ramming car, like you know, say the cop can't just sideswipe them. It's not my car, so who gives a fuck, you know? Mm. And then seven, eight, I got sentenced to eighteen months for an aggravated burglary. So I went to Malmesbury. I know I've jumped a couple of years there, but that's yeah. when this started. Stuff started really get kicking off and getting into it, you know. So seventeen, I was at the kids' Malmesbury. Um, there was a fight, and I started waxing with one of these boys. And then we would become close and he, the screws that got him on the ground were holding him. And I said to the other screw, get off him. I was going to kick you in the face. Told the screw three times, I'm going to kick you in the face. He wouldn't get off me. So I'd done what I'd done. And then I was sent to the Melbourne Assessment Prison on Spencer Street at 17. And all the older boys had seen that I was a young kid, took me under their wing. And I thought, you know, jail's not that bad. Like, it's not what people say it is. And then they gave me parole. I completed my parole and then back at just before I was 18, I was arrested again, like a week before my birthday, back in jail. Done, I think it was three years that time. And I went all over the shop. And yeah, I think I got out when I was just after 21, just before 21. Um, my brother and my old man picked me up. I had a new car for me, 21st, a BMW. That it was me pride and joy. And yeah, I just started 
getting into crime, stealing cars, standing over people, fucking mucking around with guns. Like, I don't, I'm not proud of it, but that's what drugs and fucking crime lead all up to you. You yeah. send up a monster on it. Um, but I wasn't just using the one drug. I was having a whole cocktail, you know, like I was smoking marijuana, smoking ice, and I'd smoke heroin, and I'd fucking eat my medication. And then sometimes mum would look at me and goes, Joel, you're the devil, you know? Mm-hmm. Me eyes were just black and there was nobody home upstairs. I was that fried or gone or that high on, on it. Um, yeah. My family would always try and help me. I never stole from my family or robbed my family. I never sold any of my stuff. I was just pretty much standing over the dealers in town and out of town and tell them, look, you've got to pay rent. Every day I'd go to three, four dealers and say, it's time to pay rent, you know. I was out for three or six months on bail. And then I had stolen a truck and was driving down the cold freeway. I'd robbed a servo up near Bendigo at gunpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, when I started getting chased, I threw the gun out in the middle of the road in the freeway and I couldn't lose the air wing. So I went to the water garden shopping center. I ditched the truck out the front of there, ran in there and it's on the internet, water gardens, hairdressers rest. I sat down in the hairdressers and I got dumped about five coppers. They broke my eye socket, my nose. I um, think it was nine months or 10 months on Raman. And then the night it happened, mum got a phone call saying we want to take Joel's case on. And mum didn't really know what was going on until she seen the news and what had happened. Um, and then they tried giving me a big payout, which money won't fix the damages that they've done. Money does can't put a price on that, you know. Yep. Yeah, I was at home. I just had dinner with me mum and I was just smoking bongs in the shed and having a puff. I didn't really want to go out. There was something telling me, you know, no, I'll stay home tonight. One of my mates goes, I'm coming to get you. Rah, rah. We'll go do this. We'll go do that. I'm like, yeah, I don't really want to come out. This is my best mate. So you come pick me up. And then we went to this house. I sent me up a mate and there was a heap of guns there. So I put them all in this car that I had. And we just went around somebody letting off shots. And yeah, we seen the police car, the somebody McDonald's. And I thought, fucking, you dogs want to break my eyes? Like my nose, maggots. Both had a gun each and yeah, let shots off at them. Coppers ran for cover and I was just laughing. That fucked on drugs. I didn't, I thought it was normal. Mm. So fucked I was, you know? Yep. And then I took off and I come back and I ran the cop car. And yeah, I drove the car home. I just walked in the house casually. Like nothing had happened. And then, yeah, I could hear the helicopter above me. I, just, I was like going on drugs. It didn't bother me the slightest. What I'd just done, it was like it was, you know, just going to the supermarket. That's what it felt like. And then I was laying in bed and I hear the speaker, that big bear cat truck fucking machine, whatever, at my front door. And mum's opened up the door and she's got a fright. And she goes, Joel, the police are here. So I've come down. She's walked out the front with her hands up because they've asked her to put her hands up and that. I've come out in my boxer shorts. And, um, yeah, they've had like a grip on my chest, you know, I thought, fuck, this is serious now. And, yeah, they made me lay down in the middle of the road and then the coppers got the torch in my face of the end of the rifle or whatever gun they got and he smashed me in the side of the head with it while I was zip-tied in the middle of the road. And, yeah, I 
sat on remand for nearly two years. Um, I wasn't saying anything. I kept denying it to everyone that I'd done it. It's like in jails, you know, walls have got ears, you know what I mean? And then when I actually spoke to my lawyer properly, he goes, you, you fucked on this one, Joel. And that's when I rang me mum. look, mum, I've got something to tell you. I actually did do it, you know. Mm. She goes, Joel, why didn't you tell us what I saw? So I, I just couldn't, you know what I mean? I wanted to see what they had first yeah. before I said anything, you know what I mean, as you do. So I got sentenced to five years on the top, three years on the bottom, which that's a pretty good sentence if you ask me. Oh, fuck yeah. For what we've done. Yep. But because of COVID and all that, because um, of COVID, it was so one day we locked in our cell. It was a day off our sentence. Or if we locked down more than five hours in the one day or six hours, that was another day off our sentence. So I ended up getting a lot of time off my sentence. I ended up with like 200 and something days or that come off my sentence, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm still on parole now for it. Of but for uh, October, I end my parole. Yeah, good. Um, I've still got an ankle bracelet. I've had mates that have come out. They've only been out three to six months. They've already got their ankle bracelets off. So they class me as an SVO, which is serious violent offender. So whenever some, like if I want my curfew extended or if I want to go out later, um, I've got to apply to the two parole boards. So one parole board and then it goes to the big parole board or however it works. Yeah. But they always, like, they always knock me back, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not – it sound, like it sounds weird coming out of my mouth, but I'm not that bad of a person. Yeah. You, if you really get to know me, you'll be like, fuck, I can't see Joel doing all this. Mm. But it's once you put that poison in your fucking system, yeah. the devil become fucking Hulk. You think you're unstoppable, you know? And when as you're using your drugs and you're not paying for them, it's even better, you know? And – yeah, it's fucking, it's taken nearly six and a half, seven years for, to finally flick that switch in my head and say, you know, enough's enough. Yeah. And I've still got my family. My dad tells me, you go back there, don't bother putting me um, phone number on the phone, uh, number on the phone or you know what I mean? So, yeah. Now, you know, I've got out. I bought a couple of new toys for myself. Me and my brother running our own fencing business, even though I don't like working, but what do you do? <laughs> All right, that's good, brother. What um what made you want to stop? Was you in the nick when you stopped using? Yeah, well, we had an opportunity. Oh, well, we had someone bringing stuff in, yeah, like whatever drugs we want. But I was just mainly using bupe. And smoking white ox of a night, you know, when it's late at night, I'd have two, one or two cigarettes. Yeah. But I could have used ice, heroin, marijuana in there. I just thought, well, fuck, I've been, I've been on drugs since the age of 13 or 14. I'm 29 now. Yeah. Like one day, you know, me dad's like, I don't know, I understand how you're not dead yet with some of the shit you were doing. Yeah. Like running around with guns. I was 14 or 15. I had a loaded shotgun in my bed. I never really made me bed. Mum would make it. I come home cooked. I put the shotgun under me blanket, me doona. Mum's mm. come home, went to make me bed and fucking found this loaded shotgun. And I, was, I think I was 14 or 15. Yeah, it's not normal. 
no, it's not normal for a young kid that's still meant to be in school running around with a loaded gun. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask this question, Joel. Go for it. Made your hatred towards the coppers. Fuck from a young age, just fucking. Sometimes I'd get, you know, searched down the street three or four times. You know what I mean? Down the down at the local bus stop where we all used to hang out. Same copper just had it in for me. You know, drive past and the divvy van sticking his figure up, so I just spit towards a divvy van. Yeah, yeah, because so you come up, you come up with a good upbringing. I come up with a shit upbringing. Yeah, my man told me it, all coppers were cunts. Excuse my French. Yeah, um, told me that the coppers were the enemy. So I was brought up with that hatred, you know. That, and I'd seen the coppers bashing me father and arresting me father. So I had an hatred for the coppers. And I was just yeah. curious what, what you know, your your idea was and what your, you know, what your motivation was behind the hatred and because of the victimization and the harassment when you were a kid. Yeah, like one time, one, one time I was like maybe 16, they arrested me and dumped me out near Craigieburn on one of the back roads at like three o'clock in the morning. You know, man, I'm like, fucking, I haven't done anything. Yeah. They didn't give me a touch or anything. They just grabbed me and then fucking, yeah. I talk about it <clears throat> sometimes in my podcast that I do on my own. How as a kid, I'd be put in the back of a police van. Yeah. From the, from the jail. And the cop yeah. and the brakes on you'd fucking crash into the front of the van. They'd accelerate, yeah. crash into the back of it. Then you'd hear them all laughing in the front, thinking it's yeah. Fun. They've done that to me. They've done that to me plenty of times. And then when I get out the car, the not the caravan, yeah. the divvy van, I fucking go berserk. And that's when I'm in handcuffs and they're bashing me in handcuffs. Take them off, you know. I'll go one on one, win or lose. I'll still have a crack. Yeah, yeah. No, I lost just... me front. I lost me front teeth at a young age as well. And yeah. the reason how I learned how to fight was from getting me head punched in. But yeah. I never went to boxing. I never went to kickboxing, nothing like that. I learned how to fight from getting bashed. We have a big problem with youth um, at the moment in Queensland. And we've, yeah. been, we've been fighting it because they're building more prisons and I'm part of a group that says it's not the fucking answer. It's no. What system. Yeah, that's the same as Melbourne as well. They're building these big fucking prisons. They need more people like me and you to go yeah. and talk to these young people at school or yeah. at a youth centre. Yeah, 100%. Or, yeah it's, always, it's always something that I've wanted to do is go and talk to the young kids yep. and say there's no life of drugs and crime. You either lose lose your family, lose everything you've got, lose your mates, people die, or you end up killing someone. Yep. Or you get knocked by one of your best mates full of ice. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you think he's probably robbed you or... <clears throat> Yep. You know, only takes that one one thing or hit him the wrong way or get him, stab him or shoot him where you're not meant yeah. to. I've got a couple of mates who are doing life laggings, using with their best mate, gone to yeah. and then by one of them knocked the other one, you know, like just crazy. Yeah. That that ice is putrid, mate. That's the fucking devil's food. Yeah, a lot of people have said that. Honestly, you know, I'm an old school junkie, you know, I'm a heroin addict. And even when I got on the pure meth back in the day, people told me get back on the heroin. Yeah. Because the ice just yeah. fucks your head so much. Yeah, you don't know what to believe or if you're seeing shit or fucking... Exactly. Yeah. Because I used to get I used to get the visual psychosis, then I'd get the audio psychosis. And I'd hear him out there yeah. saying, he's in there, he's in there, you know, and I'd be 
I was always on the run, you know, so I'd always be armed up and I'd be yelling at the coppers, come and get me, you fucking dog, you know? And, all dogs, that. Yeah. There'd, be no one, and there'd be no one there. Yeah. You know, it's just insane, mate. They've got nothing to do for it, but I got a tattoo the other month in big letters, like real big letters, spiraling down my leg, what goes around, comes around. So I've done a lot of bad. I feel yeah. a lot of good comes to me now, you know? Yeah, mate. Look, good things happen to good people. Don't worry about that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and you can only keep what you got got by giving it away. So you know, if you want to keep your recovery, go and help other people in recovery. Yeah, well, I've been clean three and a half, four years now. Yeah, good, good, good. Yeah, and there's still some days when I think about it, Ron. But nah, like I used to smoke an ice pipe. I put half a gram or whatever in the pipe, smoke it all, and then I'd smash the pipe. And then a couple of hours later, I'm trying to get another pipe or buy another pipe. Yep, that's how I much I hated that. it, but I was addicted to it. Yeah, like, I do that all the time, mate. Throwing syringes away and then climbing up the roof and getting them. Yeah. No, it's just horrible. Yeah. I'd even, if I had no cigarettes or whatever, I'd give someone a big rock out of me bag just for one cigarette. Yeah, yeah. It'd probably be a three, three or four point rock. Yeah. And they're like, that's heaps. I said, give me a cigarette. I just want a cigarette, you know? Mm. Like I, I wasn't paying for the shit. Yeah. yeah I just no. hated it with the passion. I still do. Yeah, it's a horrible disease, mate. It's a horrible. I hate I hate drug addiction. I hate what it did to me. I hate what I had to yeah. do. I hated the person I became when I was using it. Yeah. Because no, that's not who I am. I'm actually a good bloke. Same as me, Ron. But when we put that poison in our system, yep. it's not us. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, it's a not the Ronald Joel that our family know, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. My mum would be yeah. saying, my son wouldn't have done that. You know, I'd be pictures shooting people and mum would be at court saying, no, my son wouldn't do that. My son wouldn't do that, you know. That's, that's the same as my mum. And then these days, someone will be like, oh, wouldn't they'll tell me mum something. And she goes, yeah, that's Joel. Wouldn't fucking surprise me. Yeah. But there's nothing you can't, there's nothing you can't tell me mum and dad that wouldn't shock them, you know, like you yeah. name it. They're like, yeah, that, that that's Joel. He'd probably do something like that. That's, I'm really, really glad that you're staying clean, mate. Because you know what? We don't we don't have a drug problem. We have a thinking problem. And my brain said punch you, I punch you. My brain said steal it, I stole it. Yeah, yeah that's pretty much the same as me. Yeah. I had, a think, I had a thinking problem, not a drinking problem. I say it all the time. Yeah. Um, but it's also the people you hang around as well. Yeah, it does. It, it is that too, mate. And if you hang around shoplifters, I start shoplifting. That many times I'd come home in a stolen car and I'd just park at the front or a tow truck. I'd park it out the front, go have a shower and go to bed for a bit and then come in and jump back in it like it was mine. Yeah. I'd take it to the car wash and wash it. Yeah. I'd yeah, vacuum I'd... it. That's it. Yeah. That's how lost I was, thinking I'm... it's actually mine. It's actually mine. That's funny, mate, because I've stolen cars, changed the wheels on them, got the windows tinted and everything. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking crazy. I haven't stolen a posty motorbike one day with all the mail on it. <laughs> Yeah, it's insanity. Yeah. Insanity. What are your future plans, Joel? Um, stay clean and try and help others. Yeah, good boy, mate. Keep working. Keep working. Hopefully one day, you know, fulfill me dreams, you know, helping young people. Something a bit about my life story. Yeah, and good. hopefully I can help them. If I can help one person out of 10, I'd be over the moon. Yeah, 100%, mate. That's why I do if what I, I get that message. If I could get that message across to someone, yep, and I think fuck, that's the same same path I'm starting to go down, mate. 
Thank you very much for coming on the Truth Out Addiction, brother. Thanks, Ron. I really appreciate it. Thanks mate. for having me. My pleasure, mate. I hope that you know somebody gets something out of what we talked about today. Yeah, appreciate it. I hope and someone does learn from our, our mistakes or yeah. takes a little bit of our advice. Yeah. Crime doesn't pay, and drugs just end up killing you. Yeah, as I said, mate. You know, like even if we get one person gets a message today, we've done a really good job. Hundred percent. Hundred percent, right? You stay healthy, you stay well. Thanks very much. I solemnly swear that I will tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me God.